Welcome to the Chantel Ray way, the inspirational way to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting. Remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent fasting podcast. I want to just let you know if you are in Arizona, I am going to be doing a book tour at the Barnes & Noble in Happy Valley Town Center in Arizona. And it's going to be Saturday, April 14th from 1 to 3. So I hope that I see you there. And this week I have a special co-host because Chris is taking off this week and I have Jenna Kehoe. I didn't say it right, did I? Yeah, no, I just, you did. Close oh, okay, enough. Keo, Keho, you're fine. Keo, Keho. We'll just stick with Keo. It's that Keo. Works. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you thanks, know. Chantal. Appreciate it. Um, but anyway, she's going to be asking a bunch of your questions that you've turned in. And remember, if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantalRayWay.com. So, Jenna, why don't you start off with some of the first questions we've been asked? I will. And first, let me just say, it's, you know, you don't know my last name, but we've been friends for almost 15 years. Yes. And that's okay. I love you. I love you. But <laughs> Can't um, say my last name, but I still love you. I know. We go through this all the time. But Chantel, we got two questions on the thyroid this week. So yes. I'm just going to read them together. Okay. Okay. All right, the first one is from Jean. Um, Jean says, Chantel, I have an underactive thyroid. My question is, how do you propose I wean myself off of the Synthroid? Um, And she put the brand name, the name of it in parentheses, the medication. I guess it's Levothinthroxine. Thyroxine, yeah. Thyroxine, okay. Um, So how do I wean myself off? Or if you can't tell me, can you just tell me how you did it? Um, I really want to get off of this. I take a 112-ounce dose a day. Uh, should I take it every other day or cut it in half or just stop taking it? I've started the intermittent fasting, and I'm reading your book, which just came in the mail Saturday, and I saw you on the 700 Club. Uh, thanks for your time, and have a blessed day. So question That's two uh-huh. comes in from Beth um, in Dallas. She said, Chantel, um, I've been on IF for about three weeks now. Haven't noticed huge weight loss, um, if any, but I do notice things like my gut feels better and some of my skin in certain areas appears tighter. My question is, I have Hashimoto's and I'm going through menopause. I'm 52 years old and I was wondering, is there anything that I can do to help my progress move along faster and to possibly and hopefully heal my Hashimoto's? Um, I really do feel like this is the thing for me, but I'm having trouble getting used to doing longer fasts than 18.6 or 16.8. I feel like those two times really work for me, and I feel like a longer fast would be difficult because I'm a nurse, and it would be hard for me to do that while working. Any advice for the autoimmune and the menopause would be greatly appreciated. I'm so thankful for your show, and I feel like this is a life changer for me. Awesome. So first, let me just talk about um, the two different types of thyroid. And I know that both of you are talking about an underactive thyroid. So it is, if you're talking about hyperthyroid or hypothyroid. So hypothyroid, um, when something goes awry and leads to an underactive thyroid or overactive thyroid, um, 
your metabolism either revs up too high or it slows way down. Um, so for me, I had hypothyroid and it's an underactive thyroid where your thyroid gland doesn't make enough thyroid hormone for the body's needs. And so for me personally, um, what happens with the autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's disease, it's where the immune system makes antibodies that destroy the thyroid cells and it stops them from making the thyroid hormone. So for me, I literally did heal my thyroid. I used to be on the same uh, Synthroid medicine um, that one of the girls was on. And every time I'd go to the doctor, they would say, hey, your thyroid's getting worse. Your thyroid's getting worse. It's every time she's like, we're going to have to up your medicine. We're going to have to up your medicine. And I was like, this is getting ridiculous. And so I started doing the intermittent fasting. And the other thing I started doing was I started doing 80% of my diet was a paleo diet. And now I just, now I kind of just eat 80% clean, 20%, whatever I want. Um, but the paleo diet, and I really hate even telling people this, um, because I'm so against diets and against like, don't do this and don't do that. But I will tell you 100%, if you want to heal your thyroid, you, you could actually go to a hundred percent paleo diet, um, which I don't recommend totally because that's kind of what we talked about. See, when I did 100% paleo, my thyroid went on overdrive. And so I don't know what it is, but I will tell you 100% when you eat a paleo diet, which consists of no grains um, and basically you're eating fruits, vegetables, and lean meats, you're not eating dairy, you're not eating grains, somehow your thyroid works in overdrive. And so what I started doing was I did the 80% paleo, 20% whatever I wanted because I knew from all these thin eaters, if you deprive yourself too much, you're gonna end up on a binge, period, the end. So I would eat um, paleo 80% and just savor. In my book, I talk about how to never deprive myself and eat just small bites of whatever it, it was that I wanted. And then what I did was I started at 125 and then I asked my doctor to give me, um, like when I went down to a hundred, um, I went down to a hundred and then I would have them write me like two weeks of a hundred and then they would do like two weeks of, you know, 75 or whatever it was. And so I like naturally, milligrams? what? Like when you say you started at 100, like 125, then 100. Yeah, I was on like 125 milligrams, milligrams of thyroid okay. medicine. And okay. then the, I said to her, you know, like first, you know, it depends on where you start from, right? So like you could, if you could take take the pill, like one of my doctors did this. She gave me like two 50s and then a 25. And so I took a 50 and a 50 and then I'd split the 25. And you just have to do it as a very, very, very slow process. If you don't do it as a slow process, you will not feel good, you'll feel miserable. So you have to basically reduce your thyroid by about 10 to 15 milligrams, stay there for two weeks or three weeks and then do the same thing. But it's literally by 10 to 15 milligrams where, from where you start from that you wean yourself down and down. I love this question. And I will tell you, I feel like Synthroid is 
I personally believe that all these drugs that all these doctors are putting you on this drug, that drug, the other drug, it's making you worse and worse and worse. You can heal your body through eating clean and eating natural, but still eating what you want. When you're when you give your body small amounts of, you know, chocolates and sugar and things like that, your body can process them. But what happens is when you're eating Twinkies and donuts and that's the that's the 80% of your diet, that's when the Hashimoto's and all these other diseases are are really going into play. So you have to do it very, very slow. And for me, I, I brought it down 10 to 15 every two weeks. So um, the other thing is that I wanted to talk about is just um, iodine. You, you can get iodine from sea kelp. It's a trace mineral that is plant-based and that really will help your thyroid. You don't need much. Um, and just... Like I said, really, if your thyroid is an issue, you might want to, instead of doing an 80-20 clean, you want to make it more like 90-10 clean or 95-5 clean until you can wean yourself off that thyroid. And the more paleo you can be with less grains and less dairy, um, your thyroid will work in overdrive. You want to move to the next question? Cool. Absolutely. Um, Okay, this came in from Holly in Massachusetts. Um, She said, hey, Chantel, one of your recent, or on one of your recent podcasts, you mentioned that chewing even sugar-free gum during fasting creates an insulin response and therefore will take you out of the fasting state um, and halt any fat loss. I've been chewing sugar-free gum during my fasting and, and was very disheartened by the seemingly inability for me to lose weight. Um... Once I stopped chewing gum during my fasting, the weight loss picked up again. Thank you so much for this helpful info. Now, my question is, um, can you take medicine during your fasting and still stay in the fasting state? Um, I'm specifically thinking of Advil or other pain relievers. Thanks so much. Your podcast has been a godsend. Uh, Well, Holly, thank you so much. I think that, you know, different, it really depends on, you know, what kind of medicine we're talking about. So like certain things like aspirin or ibuprofen, which are like prescribed to control pain or inflammation, they have a tendency to irritate the stomach lining. And so it is better to eat it with food. But I would recommend if you're going to take like Tylenol is best on a, you know, on an empty stomach. But I think that if you have a prescription that says you know, this medicine should be taken with food. You know, the reason why a lot of times they say take it with food is because you, a lot of times those medicine make you feel nauseous on an empty stomach. And so I tell people two things. Number one, first choice is just wait to take that that medicine the first meal of the day when you open your eating window or Take it with something, if it, like first try it, if it doesn't make you nauseous, even though it says take with food, if it doesn't make you nauseous, then don't worry about it. But if it really does make you nauseous, then take it with something very small to eat, like a one cracker. Like sometimes people are like, oh, well, it says take it with food. So, you know, here I go. I'm just going to cram it in and cram it in. And um, 
I don't think the painkillers are going to break your fast. Um, but I am, I'm just getting to be more organic by the minute. Like I just am getting more into just clean eating. And I will tell you, when you do intermittent fasting, it's amazing. You just want to eat cleaner foods. It's the weirdest things like I want to eat organic. I want to eat cleaner and your palate changes. So, um, I definitely think that you, my advice for her is just try it without food, without food, see how your body affects it, you know, it takes it. Um, and then also just, you want to check to see, does your medicine change your blood glucose levels? So that's what you want to know is, does that medicine change it? But for the most part, I'd have to know what the medicine is, but I would say most of the time that medicine isn't going to spike your insulin. Okay. And you know, can you explain real quick, what is intermittent fasting for people, you know, who don't know who, can you just define it real quick? Yeah. So for those who are new to our podcast or Mm -hmm. just started joining us, basically it's where we have an eating window where it allows you to go ahead and eat in a certain window and not eat in a certain window. So a lot of times people do eight hours of uh, eating and then 16 hours of fasting, or they bring it down to six hours of eating and then 18 hours of fasting. And so fasting has so many benefits in your life. The Bible talks about fasting over 77 times. And so you're just shortening the amount of time in your day where you're actually physically eating food. And so during that other time, your body is actually burning uh, fat for fuel. And that's why it works so effectively. But again, it's you're not depriving yourself. And that's what we're really trying to work on is we're trying to not deprive yourself of things that you love, but you're just shortening your window uh, of eating. Oh, okay. I'd have a great big bay window. I'd start <laughs> with a big window and then go That's smaller right. and smaller. And then make it smaller and smaller. Totally. Okay, so we'll get to um, question four from Dina. She said, um, I just bought your book, Chantel, and I love it. Um, I do have a question. My husband works a swing shift. So can we incorporate this um, if we have to change his eating window almost every week? Mm. So when someone works a swing shift, they're basically, you know, and this is what I'm assuming she's meaning, that they're swinging back and forth, working day shifts and night shifts, usually with several days off, right? So like one night, maybe, maybe one day they're working, you know, 12 to eight, next day they're working eight to five, you know, I'm assuming that's what she's talking about. But basically you'll probably need to decide on two separate eating windows, which I have found when I actually change my windows up a little bit, sometimes I actually lose more weight that way. Um, Meaning like, so consistency is nice. Like I know a lot of people who they just eat every day from three to eight or, you know, four to eight, whatever their window is. But if you're doing a, a swing shift, I would definitely suggest changing your windows up. I have a friend named Dennis. Dennis, if you're listening, um, I'm so excited for you and all your success that you've had. But he told me that he's on a 
a day shift, he opens his window from 11 to 7 for eight hours. And when he's on night shift, he eats from 1 to 7 in a six-hour window. And he's been doing IF for about three weeks, and he's lost 10 pounds. So that was, he didn't have a question. He was just telling me. So it just came in perfect timing. But you can switch it up. I mean, other some days I I'm a I love breakfast. I'm telling you one thing I love. <laughs> I love an egg and cheese biscuit. I don't know what it is, but I like crave egg and cheese biscuits. That's not paleo it's, though. That's no, not it's paleo. not. It's not. Unless you make you can make an egg biscuit with like a cauliflower biscuit you know, a cauliflower (laughs) biscuit, but, um, I definitely crave that. And here's the thing, you know, now that I've healed my thyroid, I don't eat paleo quite as much. Again, I eat whatever I want, but until you heal that Hashimoto's disease and heal your gut, that's the only time I think you should do a little bit more paleo. But again, right now I've healed my thyroid. My thyroid is exceptional. I'm doing so great. Um, But I also do a lot of longer fasts. I do a lot of 24-hour fasts. I do some 48-hour fasts. And I I have a new book coming out that I'm, I'm writing, and it's all about biblical fasting and just how much it's completely healed my body. It's unbelievable how I've healed my body. It's so exciting. But anyway, I got completely off track here with the egg and cheese biscuits. But, you know, sometimes I eat breakfast and lunch. Sometimes I just eat dinner. Some days I only eat lunch. You know, you have to find what's perfect for you. And every day it can be different. So whether you're on a swing shift or whatever you're on, the key is that it just gets easier over time. Okay. Okay. Now and have- and I will say this, you know, one of my friends, I told her, I was like, oh yeah, I just did a 48 hour fast. And she was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe it. But here's the thing. It's just like running, right? Like before I started out, the longest I ever fasted ever was like 16 hours was the longest I ever did. So what I did was I increased by 12 hours each time. So what I did was like the longest I ever did was say 12 hours. Then I increased to doing 24 hours. Then I increased to maybe doing 36 hours. I added like 12 hour increments and it's just like running. Like if I asked you Jenna right now to go run, you know, five miles, you'd probably be like, you know, are you kidding me right now? Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You'd be like, forget it. But if I said, go run a block, you'd be like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can do that. Then I said, okay, tomorrow Mm -hmm. go run two blocks. Now Mm -hmm. run three blocks. Every day it gets easier and easier. And that's why I just want to kind of motivate people to kind of go, as you extend that fast, when you see the benefits, like it's almost like I just can't, I wish I could just explain to people how much fasting truly can change your life. Really, it's it's been such, and not in just your diet and your health, but healing your body from the inside out clarity that you get, fixing your gut um, biome. There's so many things. Well, and at some point, like when you first start fasting or like when you increase your fast from 12 hours to 24 hours, how, like, do you eventually stop obsessing over food? I would be obsessing over it for that additional 12 hours. Like how do you, um, or are you be, or are you gaining such clarity where it's not even an issue anymore? So in my book, uh, my new book that I'm coming out with, um, 
I talk about just, I believe that when you have an eating issue, this is a bondage that you have, okay? Yeah. This is a stronghold in your life that, you know, I used to say all the time, like, I could beat everything else, right? Like, I conquered this and I got that and this was good and this was good. But the the food and the bondage to food held me down so strongly. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of was like, all right, this is, I kind of made excuses, like, this is my vice, right? Like, this is my thing. This is just me. This is my, yeah, this is me. Like, other people deal with alcohol. Some people deal with sex. Some people deal with drugs. Mine's brownies. And we would all laugh and we'd be like, ha, 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 right? Until finally I was like, you know, I started interviewing all those thin women. And I was like, and then I started reading the Bible about how many times everything it said about eating and food. And that's where I created those 10 biblical principles and 10 uh, 10 Chantel Rayway principles in my book, Waste Away. And right now you can get it on sale at Amazon. Amazon I don't know if you know this, but on Amazon, so the Amazon has a thing where they say they'll reduce the price, but they'll still pay my publisher and me the same amount of money It's if the book is selling well. So right now the book is selling extremely well, so you get it at a discount, which is kind of cool. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, all right, you want to read the next yeah, question? And actually, this is this is good. It's kind of on topic. This is from Sabrina in Minnesota. And she said, um, Chantel, I'm really happy to have discovered your podcast and find your connection to the biblical principles really insightful. Um, I just listened to your podcast about LaCroix Waters and found that helpful, but it triggered another question for me. My husband and I are three weeks into the IF lifestyle and finding it fairly easy to follow. Now, we typically don't start eating until 12 or one. Um, And since we both work jobs, we're looking for liquids to help beat our morning hunger. We both have always enjoyed nutty flavored coffee. Um, The coffee is black, no syrup or cream added. Um, Are these breaking our fast? She said, additionally, at night after our eating window has expired, we often drink tea. We recently found these flavored Tezo teas that are delicious and help beat sugar cravings outside of the eating window. What are your thoughts on these? Yes. Um, So Sabrina, um, I'm so excited for you. I think that the links that you sent, we looked into the coffees and teas that you specifically sent, and it really looked like they didn't have any calories, no sugars, no carbs. And the problem is, is that a lot of times these things say that they have natural flavors. Have you seen that on the things, Jenna? You know, it's like natural flavors. Scamalama. Yeah, and as of today, you know, the FDA does not require manufacturers to disclose what is the natural flavoring of this, you know, what they're talking about. And so I would just like to recommend that you just try to go and look as much as you can um, to see what it is. But as long as there's no calories, there's no sugar, no carbs, and then just look at the other ingredients of what they are, I mean, you can only do so much, right? Um, But I would see if you're not losing weight and see if, you know, I usually just honestly just do a green tea. I drink a lot of black tea. um, And then sometimes I'll just do plain black coffee. So I think I wouldn't get too obsessive over it, but I would try to dig in and just really look at um, 
how it makes me feel. Do I feel like my sugar spiked at all? Um, and I don't mind. I'll I'll drink some like hazelnut tea as long or coffee as long as again it's zero sugar. Oh, I was gonna tell you this. So one of my one of the <laughs> listeners a, a while tell. back said something about coke. They they were like, I want to add coconut milk. So I happened to be at Starbucks yesterday. I said, ma'am, can I ask you a question? Can I look at the container of your, mm-hmm. your coconut, uh, coconut milk? That thing was loaded down with so much sugar and chemicals. Starbucks, shame on you. Just shame on you. They need to be telling people what's in those ingredients. I did not like that at all. You need to ask them. You should be reading these ingredients. It was horrible. So you think coconut milk, like if you're going to do coconut milk, go get straight coconut cream Mm. from the can and pour that in. But again, try to do it black if you can. Hey guys, I'm so excited that my new book, Waste Away, The Chantel Rayway, is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and pretty much anywhere you can find books. But we also have the audio book, the e-book, and my new recipe book that you can download all the recipes that I love that I make, and it's super cheap. It's all my favorites. Anyway, if you have a minute to write a review on Amazon, I would be ever grateful. Question six. Um, Chantel, I've been doing IF for about three months now and I'm cold all the time. Is there a reason beside or is there a reason behind this besides the fact that I don't have as much body fat as I did before? <laughs> and that's from Laura in Nashville. Man, and I, you're in Nashville. I don't know what your temperature is like there, but here it has oh. been. I feel the exact same way. I'm so glad you asked this question, but I'm literally, are you like freezing all the time or what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is it's so ridiculous. cold right now yeah. here. I mean, it, we're we're now in April. It should not be this cold. Exactly. I, I saw a meme I'm the so other day. I'm so glad I'm going to Phoenix. I'm going I to know, Phoenix right? today, actually. It's a dry heat there. But I saw a yeah. meme here the other day, and it said, go home, April, you're drunk. I mean, it's like 40 <laughs> degrees in April. It is and, ridiculous. And what's crazy is I'm going to Phoenix this, this weekend. I'm leaving today. And they said it's the hottest it's ever been. I think wow. right now in Virginia Beach, it's the coldest April yes. it's ever been. But in Phoenix, it's the hottest it's ever been. But um, let's just talk about your core body temperature because when you're doing intermittent fasting, 100%, your core body temperature will decrease. It's not just your fingertips and your toes. Your entire core body temperature will be... um, will be changed. And so it's going to go down a little bit. Have you ever done, Jenna, one time I want me and you to go to that cryotherapy. Have you ever done that? No, I haven't, but I would love to. Let's do it together. Let's, (laughs) but let's do another podcast before we do it. Let's do it together. But I want to go to the cryotherapy with you, but they have this gun and they literally put it on your leg and they Uh check your body temperature before you go into the cryotherapy. Then they check it after. I want you to experience it we'll have to take a video of it but you there was actually a machine that can kind of tell you what is your kind of on the outside what is your core body temperature um but here's the thing people have this idea that they have to heat the body to warm it up like you're literally burning fat Mm -hmm. um like you could actually take a cold shower and burn calories but but that's that's not really what what's going on. What's going Mm -hmm. on is you just need to dress warmer 
and know that when you do intermittent fasting, your core body temperature is 100% going to be going down. Uh, and you need to dress warmer and carry some more blankets with you because mm-hmm. <laughs> you 100% are going to be colder. And just think to yourself, I'm losing more fat. And, you know, it would make sense to me that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your body's energy is focused on burning the fat instead of focusing the energy on keeping your body warm. So if you make the extra effort to stay warm, yeah, free up that energy to burn more fat, right? Yeah, that, absolutely. I think that's going to be colder. Yes. Okay. Um, All right, now Andrew from Chesapeake, a local man, um, wrote in. He said, "Um, when I'm reading about intermittent fasting online, I keep hearing about OMAD or OMAD. What is this and do you recommend it? So OMAD stands for one meal a day. And I will tell you, if you really want to lose a bunch of weight quickly, um, OMAD or one meal a day is the way to do it. Um, Most of the time I eat only lunch and dinner. Or I'll eat breakfast and lunch like I talked about. But really, if you think about it, the OMAD diet's really like 23 hours of fasting and then like one hour of eating. Um, And I will tell you the things about doing a one meal a day is number one, you're going to save money because you're just on food alone. Like, you know, you're going to save money. You could save $600 a month maybe, you know, on on saving food. And you're saving so much time. You're not thinking about how much food you're, you know, what am I going to eat? What am I going to prep? What am I going to cook? It's massive amounts of time you're saving. Number three, it improves digestion because you're giving your gallbladder, your stomach, your pancreas, your large bowel system, you're giving it time to rest and recover, it improves your immune system. It it actually has massive benefits for, has massive autophagy. What autophagy is, is it literally has it where you're recycling of junk proteins and damaged proteins and particles. You can live longer. You're a lot less hungry. It stabilizes your blood sugar. Um, you're not having as much cravings when you're doing that because your blood sugar isn't going up and down and up and down. Cause a lot of times when you're craving stuff is when your blood sugar went up and now it's starting to drop and now boom, you want something else to eat. Um, your skin, when, whenever I do a lot of like one meal a day, I can tell a huge difference in my skin. Why? Because of the autophagy and the anti-aging. Um, my energy when I'm only eating that one meal a day, as long as I'm not overeating, which that's a big thing, it helps with decreased, uh, inflammation. Um, it's a big deal. So I am a big, big proponent of the, uh, one meal a day. It's hard to get to. You need to, if you're, if you're eating 6am to 9pm every night, obviously you got to First start, let's start somewhere, right? Let's start with just going into an eight-hour eating window. Then I, again, I think you should do eight hours, then bring it down to six hours, then bring it down to four hours, then start doing this if that's what you want to do. But I also think it fixes your your metabolic rate. Um, If you've got a slow metabolism, man, doing that one meal a day. And again, remember, you can eat whatever you want. So you're completely satisfying. And when you only have that one meal, you make sure that it's exactly what you want to eat. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And it doesn't need, does it need to be a bigger meal or just your, your average meal once a Again, day? one of the things I say is you can eat until you're satisfied, but on my hunger scale in my book, you don't go past a four. And so okay. I really describe what that hunger scale looks like because you, the Bible says, put a knife to your throat if you're given into gluttony. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. This is from Stephanie, also local here in Virginia Beach. Um, She said, Chantel, since I've been intermittent fasting, I have been so sad. Never cried at movies, and I've been crying at movies. Is this just a coincidence? Uh, I love this question. And, you know, a big thing here is that everyone is so used to masking their emotions with food. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like I said, for me, it didn't matter if I was happy, sad, bored, tired, whatever it was. I never used to eat because of true hunger. I would eat because I was sad, hungry, bored, whatever it was. And so when you aren't used to using food to mask your emotions, you're forced to deal with them head on. And this isn't a bad thing. You just need to be able to make sure that you are dealing with them in the proper way. And, um, I did a few, I did an episode a few weeks ago all about emotional eating called Breaking Emotional Eating Habits. So you need to check out that podcast. And I also created an online quiz that will tell you what kind of emotional eater you are. So go to ChantelRayWay.com slash emotional eater to take this. But I think that, um, you know, in the end it will be so much better, but you, you people aren't used to they're not used to dealing with those emotions because they're constantly masking it with yes. what? Shoving yes. their face. Yeah. Stop shoving your face with food when you're not hungry. Oh man, I'm just pumped I'm up today. Day. I'm going to go home and I'm going to hear Chantel's voice. Stop shoving that in your mouth. I'm like, I know, but I'm a nausher. <laughs> like I justify it. Oh, that's what I do. I just You graze. justify. Exactly. It's so bad. Okay. And I have been there. I've been there. I know. I've known you forever and you look amazing. <laughs> like you're the real deal. You're totally the real deal. Um, okay. Here is another question. Okay. Um, Chantel, I struggle with PCOS and my doctor has told me that it has to do with insulin resistance. This was the first I heard of this, but honestly, as I'm, Goog- as I'm Googling it, it explains a lot of the symptoms that I'm dealing with. Chantel, I've heard you mention that you used to struggle with PCOS and was wondering if you could elaborate a little more on what that um, or on that as it pertains to insulin resistance. So intermittent fasting is hands down, hands down. I'm telling you, mark my words, is the best insulin resistance diet to help your cells respond to insulin. When your body gets the signal that you've eaten, Beta cells in your pancreas produce insulin, okay? It's a hormone that tells your cells to absorb glucose to use as fuel. So your cells respond by receiving the glucose into your bloodstream. So insulin resistance is when insulin tells your cells that fuel is coming, but they don't open up to receive that glucose. So sugar stays in your bloodstream and after a while your body stores it as fat. So here's a scenario. You're hungry. Because you're hungry, you're annoyed with everything and you realize your blood sugar has dropped. And so there are a couple things that your, you know, your blood sugar, your insulin, it's just, it's like this, The best analogy that I can give is this, okay? If if you have money 
in your, let's say you have money only in two places. You had no more credit cards, right? Let's say you had cash on your table sitting right there. Okay, Jenna? Mm-hmm. Or you had to get cash from the bank. Okay. If, or let's say you had money in your pocket. If you have money in your pocket and you're at the store and let's say you had $100 in your pocket and what you wanted to buy was $20, you're not going to go to the bank. You're going to use the cash that's in your pocket, right? Yeah, absolutely. Same exact thing happens. When your body has that glucose, so whatever it is, that, that sugar, it's going to use that sugar for fuel. But as soon as you don't have it, then it's going to go to the fat to try mm-hmm. to, as soon as you stop eating, uh-huh. it then goes to your fat for fuel. And that's what we're trying to do here. Because when you eat, your body breaks down your food and the glucose or the sugar from your food goes into your bloodstream to transport to your cells. So that's why the insulin resistance, this diet, the uh, you know IF, intermittent fasting, is the best thing that you can do because insulin resistance is what you get when the delivery guy knocks and nobody answers the door is kind of the analogy that you can say. If nobody answers the door, your body sends you know more delivery guys knocking and your pancreas produces more insulin to turn up the volume on the signal that your cells need to absorb glucose. Okay. Do we have time for more questions? Let's try one to do quick- one more because we are really running out of time here. Okay. We just have so much information. Um, <laughs> this is from Dorothy Andrews. Um, for intermittent fasting, does a person definitely lose weight? I've been wanting to lose weight, but I've been unable to do so. So she wants to know, is it like a guarantee? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, anybody that I know that has done intermittent fasting that is not over eating in their window and they're following the 10 biblical principles and 10 Chantal Rayway principles. Dorothy, you need to mind my book if you haven't, because again, no, it's not a guarantee. If I have an eight hour eating window, let's say my eating window is from 12 to eight. First of all, I didn't lose weight when I did an eight hour window. I like to throw that out there. I really started losing weight when I did six hours or less. But I know a lot of people who do eight hours and still lose weight. But if you're doing eight hours and you're stuffing your face and eating everything but the kitchen sink and you're not eating when you're hungry and you're like gorging, 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 are you going to lose weight? Heck no. Mm -hmm. So you've got to really figure that out um, and make sure that you are not overeating and following the rest of the principles. Okay. And how many questions do we have left? Well, we have a couple quick ones, like one from Kristen, um, or excuse me, Crystal in Fairfax wants uh-huh. to know what you Crystal, think the best Crystal in is. Fairfax. Yes. Um, Crystal, sorry, yes. Um, Crystal in Fairfax wants to know what's the best window to do? 12 to 6, 1 to 7? Is it better to do the same window every day or mix it up? Um, is it better to open your window earlier in the day or later? I think in the very beginning, it's best to do a consistent window just to get your body in the habit and it makes it easier. That consistency is king. But I think after that, um, I think you should you can change it up and eat when you're hungry. And um, it's all about what's best for you. And you just have to kind of play around with it. 
But I think in the beginning, people have better results when they just try to stay pretty consistent. But after that, once you get used to it, like for me now, I, it doesn't matter what eating window I eat. It really just doesn't matter. I change it up. I'm like, because some days you're more hungry. I mean, you got to listen yeah. to your body. Some days you're more hungry. Some days you're not. Um, I think I like to change it up. But in the beginning, keep it more consistent. All right, so Ashley in South Carolina says that some days she has so much energy and feels like a million bucks, and then the next day she's super tired. So why the energy swings, and is it something that she can regulate? Yeah, I'd say the, the thing for me that I would answer, I would want to ask Ashley, how much caffeine are you drinking? Because a lot of times what that is is the amount of caffeine you're giving, and the, the caffeine is what's giving you a lot of those highs and lows. So if you can regulate that caffeine down to one or two cups a day, or I know some people who wean themselves off caffeine altogether, I still drink, I do about two to three caffeines a day, like tea or coffee. Um, But if you can get yourself either down to one or two or get yourself off completely, a lot of those swings you'll notice is from two things. Caffeine, the second one is overeating. I'd like to know, are you... Once you're opening your window, are you overeating? Because again, you haven't been eating. Now you're putting all this food in your body. It, It takes so much energy to digest that food. So that's a big one. Okay. And then, you know, I know there was a question from last week um, that you didn't get to answer as as thoroughly as you wanted to. Um, it was from Aaron in Maryland. Um, Aaron said, I don't eat gluten and dairy all the time, but I definitely feel like when I have either dairy or gluten, I feel terrible. Since I've been doing IF, um, I've been able to eat dairy and gluten and it doesn't bother me as much. Now, does this have to do with IF or is it just yeah. in my head? And I I'm, I'm, was Aaron. I mean, I when I ate dairy and gluten before, I used to feel like, oh, I was like, somebody shoot me now. You know, I just felt terrible. But... I believe I can eat a little bit of dairy and a little bit of gluten. And as long as I eat it to 20% or less of my diet, and I do try to still look at like what kind of bread I'm eating. Like I feel better if I eat like Ezekiel bread or sprouted bread. You know, gluten and dairy in general are very hard to digest. I mean, that's a proven fact that those two items are hard for your body to digest. And if you don't digest it completely, it will act as an irritant to the intestines and skin. So again, like like for my son who has a perfect digestion system, he could eat gluten and dairy all day long and it doesn't affect him. So, you know, in general, grains, beans, legumes, they all have different types of anti-nutrients that that they are ripe in the fall and they, when they fall off the vine, um, they, like when they sprout in the spring, they basically have bacteria and enzymes that are hard to digest. So my suggestion is go ahead and, you know, if it doesn't bother you, then eat away. Mm -hmm. If it does bother you, put it in small amounts Um, so that your body can learn to digest them. As long as I have them in small amounts, I'm okay. Awesome. 
Awesome. This was great, Chantel. Can let's do this again next week. Yes, I would love <laughs> really? to. Well, thank you so much for being an amazing co-host with me this week and asking me all these questions. We want to hear from you. So if you have a question that you want to answer, go to questions at chantelrayway.com. Please keep those questions coming. We love them and we'd love to hear from you. So and, all right. You know, this Saturday though, you're gonna be in Arizona at the Witch Barnes and Noble. Yes. Yes. It is the Barnes and Noble in Phoenix. I guess it's Phoenix, Arizona, but it's in, I know it's in Happy Valley Town Center in Phoenix. Yeah. Happy Valley Town Center, Barnes and Noble. Come grab my book or you can go to Amazon right now or go to ChantelRayWay.com and we have some free gifts for you there. 